This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Hi, welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, and here at the Finding Holy Podcast, we want to help you connect the dots between the things that really matter and your everyday holy life. This is a podcast for you if you long for a life that feels spacious, but you're stuck with dishes and laundry and a to-do list a mile long. This is a podcast for you if you long to integrate what you know with who you are and how you live. This is a podcast for you if you need a gentle invitation into the ways of Jesus right in the middle of your actual life. So join me with authors, pastors, artists, and activists to hear how they connect the big things of life into the ordinary habits of their days. And to help you on your journey, you'll get one small step at the end of each episode to take with you into your week. You'll also get to hear my guest laundry routines because big things matter, but so does the laundry. I am so excited, friends, to be back here on the podcast. Thanks for being patient. We've had a little bit of a break because I have just turned in my first draft of my second book, A Spacious Life. So I am so excited to bring that to you next spring. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation today with my guest, Daniel M. Just be aware as well that this conversation was recorded early on during the months of the shelter-in-place orders with COVID-19. So a lot of our more recent challenges as Americans, particularly with racialized violence, do not come up in this conversation, but they will in further episodes. Here's a bit more about my guest today. Daniel M. is the Senior Associate Pastor of Beulah Alliance Church, a multiplying multi-site church focused on reaching 1% of Edmonton for Christ. His latest book is You Are What You Do and Six Other Lies About Work, Life, and Love. Daniel's a speaker and a leader. He's traveled all around the world to places like New York, Vancouver, LA, Sydney, and Seoul to teach, consult, and coach. He also co-hosts the New Churches Q&A podcast, as well as the In Between podcast with his wife, Christina. Here's our conversation. Welcome, Daniel M. to the podcast. He is the pastor of Gula Alliance, and he lives in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, where it's cold. Meanwhile, here in Southern California, where I'm podcasting, it's 90 degrees Fahrenheit. So, Oh, really? Yeah, you're in a tank top and I have a jacket on. <laughs> I know. There you go. But we are excited to chat about some of these ideas that have come up from Daniel's newest book, which is called You Are What You Do and Six Other Lies About Work, Life, and Love. So um, we're excited to dig into some of those topics. So thanks for being here. Yeah, it's so good to be with you here today. Awesome. Well, we're going to talk about some of these lies that you have written about here mm-hmm. in your book. And I'd love to hear from you what was like the inciting factor where you're like, I, this is the book I need to write. You know, these lies are all kind of bubbling up to the surface about identity and God and faith. Was there like an, an epiphanic moment for you? Yeah, it's it was really interesting, actually. It was a few years ago now where I was speaking at a conference when we used to do those sorts of things, <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking in a conference, and I was talking about the gig economy and how mm-hmm. the gig economy affects church leaders. 
and Christians. And that's, that's really what that was because mm-hmm. I came across this research where it's absolutely insane. Like in 2019, for example, right? 57 yep. million Americans were part of the gig economy. So wow. self-employed yeah. in a part-time or full-time capacity, getting paid for their time, skills, possessions, and expertise. And for, for all your California listeners, you understand because right. you guys, there's a, it's been a few months since the legal battles around gig economy yep. rights yep. and workers and what does that all look like? But really in 2019 in America, and that's 35% of the workforce. Wow. It's about that percentage in Canada, in the UK, in Australia as well. And then, and then I came across the fact that it was, it's in the last five years that 68% of all gig workers surveyed joined the gig economy in the last five years. Right. So then I dug even deeper and I was like, oh my goodness, this is not just a a Western, you know, world sort of trend. This is global Mm -hmm. where Singapore is actually the highest country Mm. that uh, this term is searched on in Mm -hmm. Google. Mm -hmm. So as I dug into it a little bit more, I was like, okay, wait a second. If it's this rampant, what is this doing to our souls? Mm -hmm. What what is this doing to our lives, to the way we see work and Mm -hmm. in relationships? Like what, and for me as a pastor, I was like, what does this mean for my congregation? So as I dug into it even more, I came across the core lie of the gig economy. And here it is, a life of freedom and flexibility. So a life of ultimate control is the is the way the gig economy has grown so much, mm-hmm. right? And we and we see that, right? It's like oh, the only re- you know you're flipping through Instagram, and the only reason that person's on that vacation and you're not is because you're not hustling enough. So right. stop scrolling on Instagram and mm-hmm. go <laughs> mm-hmm. go make some money. There's mm-hmm. it's so easy to make money these days compared to previous right. uh, years, like when we were kids, yep. because if you own a part-time job, well, you got to actually get a part-time job. You can <laughs> right. just, just work for yourself. Right. Yet it's so different. So basically that was long story short. I know I'm, I'm, I'm going on and on, but the idea is that that lie is what came mm. to the surface. And when it, and, and when I was like, wait, that's the same lie as the lie in the garden of Eden. Mm. That lie actually has a lot of similarity to, to the way Satan was yeah. Um, trying to trick Jesus in the desert, in the wilderness. And I was like, this is, this is an identity thing. Yeah. And that's when the seven lies in the book really came up as derivatives of this core lie of mm. a life of control or a life of freedom and flexibility. Mm-hmm. That's so good. Will you just name those seven lies for our listeners? Sure, sure. Because I think, so you know, maybe one or two might really pop out to you if you're listening more than the others. And so it's just good to hear how do we break down this big lie of freedom and control that we can be our own gods yeah. into these subsets that you've named. Yeah, yeah. So it's you are what you do. So it's funny. Are you into the Enneagram? Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your number? I'm a four wing three. Oh, okay. I'm a three wing four. Yeah. So yeah, I got that one. <laughs> I was like, that's the three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. what's interesting is that's the title of the book. And I was like, man, I've believed this. Just... Anyways, yeah. we can yeah. go. Yeah. And America is very much yeah, of a yeah. three country. <laughs> yeah, right? it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So you are what you do. Mm-hmm. You are what you experience. Mm-hmm. You are who you know. Mm-hmm. You are what you know. You are what you own. You are who you raise. Mm-hmm. And you are your past. Mm, that's so good. And tell us how, you know, how does a message of the gospel begin to kind of chip away at 
some of these lies. Yeah. First and foremost, we need to recognize yeah. uh, which of the seven or how many of the seven that we fall prey to. <laughs> yeah. And for me, it's been all seven and, right. and some more than others. Mm-hmm. But then we have to recognize the truth on the other side. And, and that's where, honestly, if you go to the Sermon on the Mount, and what mm. I love about Matthew 5 to 7 is, in fact, you know, when I went to seminary, my very first course in seminary was a course on the Sermon on the Mount. Mm like entire course just on those chapters right there. And I fell in love with it to the point where my son's name, my youngest son's name is Makarios, Mm -hmm. which is not Korean. I'm Korean and it's not Chinese, which my wife is Chinese. It's Greek. Yeah. Right? And it's that word blessed mm. in the Sermon on the Mount. Mm. Because that, mm-hmm. So anyways, on the, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus does a fascinating thing. He says, you've heard it was said, but now I tell you. And he goes back and forth, right? Mm-hmm. You've heard it was said to our ancestors, do not murder and whoever murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you, everyone who is angry with his brother or sister will be subject to judgment. So he actually, it's fascinating how mm-hmm. he uses this rhetoric and mm-hmm. this this ability to go, you've heard it was said, but I say to you. You've heard it mm-hmm. was said, but I say to you. And you know what? I think 2000 years later, in the same way, I mm-hmm. wonder if we actually need to say, hey, you've heard it was said that you are what you do, mm-hmm. but I say to you, you're a child of God. Yeah. You've heard it was said that you are what you experience, but I say to you, you are a new creation. Mm. You've heard it was said that you are who you know, but I say to you, you are actually known by our loving Savior Jesus, and that is enough. Mm. You've heard it was said that you are what you own, but I say to you, you are complete in Jesus. You've heard it was said you are who you raise, but I say to you, you are you and your children are God's masterpiece. Mm. And you've heard it was said that you are your past, but I say to you, you are free from all condemnation in Christ Jesus. Hmm. So we need to always counter these lies with the truth on the other side, which is found in the scriptures and which Mm -hmm. is essentially the message of the gospel. Yeah. Oh, so good. I hope we can like, like everyone can type those out and print them (laughs) and like stick them up on your bathroom mirror. Cause I think, you know, we so easily move past that right or we Mm. we make the christian faith into you know all the things that we do we we end up kind of using these same lies right and them in with a christian kind of wallpaper on top yeah that's so true so and that's that's what jesus interacted with too in the with the pharisees Mm -hmm. right and even even with mary and martha right yeah we just see this whole sense of being versus doing and and Mm -hmm. the identity the identity Mm -hmm. that we find especially in, in all the things that we do. Mm-hmm. So let's just break down that first lie, you know, in the title of your book, you know, that we are what we do. And there's mm-hmm. so much in Western culture, particularly even American culture, you know, that just thrusts that lie upon us that it's really hard to kind of disentangle ourselves mm-hmm. from. How do we both, you know, what are maybe some practical steps that we can on the one hand, like disentangle the thought pattern of that lie. Mm. And then on the other hand, like still actually, you know, we want to value our work. We want to steward our work. I think sometimes, right, we can swing from one side to the other. Like, well, if I'm not what I do, it just doesn't matter what I do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I would say um, on, so two things in particular, number one, we need to identify systemically mm. where, where we first, when we first started believing it, how, mm we believe in and how we are actually propagating this lie in a part of the problem mm-hmm. and just go back to when we were children or yeah. if, if you, any of your listeners have kids, right? It's yep. as children, what do we, what do we say? Hey, what do you want to, what do you want to, what, when you grow up, what do you want right. to be, be when you grow up? Yeah. Be. And how do they answer? 
by what they do. Right, right. <laughs> right? And I was like, oh my goodness. And I've done this Good. as a father. Yeah. I mean, I have a yeah. 10, 9, and a 5 year old. Right. Like, what do you want to be? What do you want to be? What do you want to do? Yeah. And I was like, no, I got to stop saying that because, man, right. this is not your identity, yet we make it about our identity. And for me, I was like, from fifth grade onwards, I was going to be a doctor. Right. That was my identity. And when I said that to other people, man, you should have seen the looks on their faces. And, and my parents, especially as immigrants, they're like, oh, my son's going to be a doctor. And yeah, I didn't even right. convince them of that. Right? He <laughs> right. is our retirement plan. And it right. was like, yeah. everyone was so proud. I was like, wow, okay. You know, I, I, I initially, honestly, I chose it because of the money, but really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But now I'm getting all this validation too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, which is fascinating. Um, quick side note. I, I heard this thing because we're both writers. Yeah. I heard this thing where so many people, the reason so many people start, you know, start writing but never finish. Right. Is because the, um, the, the, the endorphins that they get just mm-hmm. by telling someone they're writing a book hmm. <laughs> are enough to satisfy and it actually kills your motivation to finish it. Wow. Because people actually, you know, you, right, you, you know, post it online feedback. and yeah. everyone's like, yeah. oh my goodness, you're writing a book. That's yeah. my dream. I can't believe it. Right. Uh, but it, but it, it actually kills motivation. So you have to keep it quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, but, but I think it goes to the whole sense yeah. of how we identify so closely as children, as adults, right. we're asked what we do mm-hmm. for work at the end of our lives. We measure people by what they've done. Mm-hmm. So systemically, first and yeah. foremost, we yeah. need to understand how we believed it, how we're propagating it. And how we so that that systemic side of things, but mm-hmm. the other side of it is honestly, um, I think everyone has to be fired or has to lose their job right. so that Lost. they recognize the, the 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 identity, how much your identity is tied to your work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because for me, it really came to a head in 2010 when I lost my um, my job in Korea, mm-hmm. and it was like, man, the church was over 50,000 people, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is like this. Like who works for a church? Who gets pastor to church of fifty thousand right, yeah. people? And Not it many. all and it all was taken out from under me. Yeah. And for six, at least six months, I was just on, you know, in the pits. My wife and I having to leave everything, jobless, yeah. homeless, everything being stripped away, and then going back to Vancouver as adults and with a like a four, uh, uh, you know six month old it was literally april 1st is when we landed in vancouver <laughs> nice. and everyone was like is this an april fools joke <laughs> right. why would you leave korea i mean right. we were going to be there long term right. and we were in a room the three of us in one of my parents rooms yeah and it was like everything has been stripped away right right yeah and i remember um we we had a lot of moves. My husband's a church planter now, but he's done lots of ministry things and yeah, having children. And then, you know, I was kind of sucked out of my academic sort of trajectory. Um, mm. Yeah. And just realizing I'll like, you know, I'm just changing diapers. What, like yeah. what, what is my life for? Yeah. Um, but, but in those moments, right. Of, of loss of the life mm. that you had planned and thought you can choose to go with Jesus there, or yeah, you can choose yeah. to, you know, get bitter and angry and resentful and lots of uglier things. Yeah. And I think it's, and, and the reason I, you know, I, I want to talk about that mm-hmm. particularly yeah. is because the stripping away that God does. Mm-hmm. And honestly, through this whole pandemic, yeah, I think there's a lot of refinement that God is doing. Yeah. I'd love and, to hear some of your thoughts, just, you know, 
who knows how long this COVID-19 thing will go on. You know, if you're listening to the future, maybe it's already passed and you're like, what is that? It was like in the history books from a long time ago, but you know, you're pulling up this episode of Finding Holy with Daniel. I'd love to hear. Yeah. You were just saying before we started recording that your book came out like a month, right? You had a month of like normal life and then all of a sudden you're plunged into COVID-19 quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. How have you felt like your book has spoken to this moment too? Yeah, it's, it, it took me a while. It took me a while. At, at first, I was really disappointed <laughs> as right. all these speaking engagements started right. getting yeah. canceled. I, I was like, oh, like, what do I, oh yeah. this is not the right timing right now. Right, yeah. And, you know, yeah, so all that uh, after the pity party yeah. and <laughs> after I surrendered that to Jesus, <laughs> yeah. I started looking at it a little bit differently and I was like, wait a second, I wonder, right? I wonder if... God is actually refining the church. So on the Christian side and on the non-Christian side, but if he's refining the church and refining what we have built our ministries on and what we have built our lives upon, and it's like, okay, I wonder if this is God's moment Hmm. to try to attack the consumeristic tendencies of Western Christianity. Mm -hmm. And I pray, I pray. And we are making plans in our church Mm -hmm. to help people learn how to be disciples that make disciples that make disciples and to own that. And I love the fact that parents cannot rely on children's ministry to do that for them anymore. Right. And it's, and yes, there's our churches putting out programming and all that stuff, but parents, you're the small group leader, right? You need to, you need to own this. Yeah. And I just so desperately pray Mm -hmm. that at the end of all this, that, that the church is healthier mm-hmm. because of this. Yeah, right? me too. Now, on the other side for the world, I, I heard the, um, Tim Keller talk about what happened at nine, in, during 9-11 yeah. in New York. And he said they had 25% less funds and 25% more people. Yeah. And he was saying in any sort of epidemic or pandemic like this, there's about 10 to 20% more people that'll come to a church or be open to church. Right. So I really do pray that uh, through this pandemic, we would just see, I mean, the harvest is plentiful and the mm-hmm. workers are few and the mm-hmm. harvest is white. I mean, it's ready to yeah. be harvested. So I just pray that churches would uh, raise up and not only disciple, but um, understand that, hey, these seven lies are actually ways to share the gospel. Yeah. It's actually a way to engage in conversations and for you to equip your church and to equip yourself to be like, well, actually every single one of these lies are conversation starters Mm -hmm. with my coworkers and with my neighbors. And you have an opportunity actually through conversation Mm -hmm. to talk about Jesus because there is truth on the other side. We'll be back in just a little bit with the rest of my conversation with Daniel M. I wanted to pass on a special deal, though, to Finding Holy listeners. If you're finding yourself overwhelmed, depressed, anxious, all of these natural reactions to a global pandemic, as well as um, racialized violence in our country, in America, wherever you are, you may want a guide to help walk through some of these things with you. And so I've partnered with faithful counseling you can go to getfaithful.com slash finding holy that's getfaithful.com slash finding holy for your discount and the chance to be paired up with a counselor who can help walk through some of these traumatic times with you you'll also get a discount this episode is brought to you in part by beyond ordinary women ministries which prepares christian women for leadership at bow 
We believe that every woman is a leader because she influences someone. So whom do you influence? Do you mentor a woman, serve in the workplace, or do you lead a small group, teach the Bible, or even lead an entire ministry? No matter who or how many you influence, our free online resources will help equip you. Our videos, podcast episodes, and articles from experienced women leaders will encourage you and perfect your leadership skills. They offer wisdom for dealing with ministry pitfalls, current biblical issues, health for your own soul, and insights for shepherding others well. In addition, Bow offers Bible studies designed to connect women of multiple generations. They provide a challenge to both women new to the Bible and those wanting to dig deeper. Be our guest and browse all of our free resources and low-cost Bible studies at beyondordinarywomen.org. And here's the rest of our conversation. You know, actually, it was um, I was being interviewed on this 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 podcast. This guy wasn't Christian, and uh-huh. and he was inter, in, in you know interested in the book, and and we were doing the podcast. And at the end of it all, he was like, "So, Daniel, what's the truth on the other side? What's the truth on the other side?" And I was like, uh, "It's Jesus." And he's like, yeah. "Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. You know, Jesus, Buddha, Muhammad. So it's all no. it's all the same." And I was like. Uh, no, it's not. And he's like, what do you mean? And I had an opportunity to share, yeah. right? To share that distinction. Hmm. And I really do believe, you know, don't waste, don't waste <laughs> not this quarantine, right? It's right. like a hash eye, right? Don't right. waste your don't quarantine. Waste your quarantine. Yeah. Right? And it really, I really do believe um, it is that moment and it is a moment for us. It's a moment for um, all, all people regardless mm-hmm. of where you land on the spectrum of faith mm-hmm. for all people to reassess where you are at. Yeah. No, I think that's really so true. And to see them as conversation starters, most of these lies we've been able to kind of operate under um, quite easily. And so to with the pandemic, people losing their jobs um, massively being just you know, realizing that your degree yeah. does not help you, you know, get through this or who you know or what you own because you're likely to have to get rid of it. You know, there's so many things that the the layers have been pulled back. For everyone graduating. Yeah. Right? High school, but also college. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a second, wait a second. I just spent four years studying this, you know, being guaranteed or this or that for a job. And now there are no jobs. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. if, this is a graduation present because you're not your you're not what you're doing. <laughs> you're not what you do, right? <laughs> right, right, right. And that there's yeah. a sense in which you know our character can grow more deeply yeah. in the midst of loss. So tell us maybe what's one or two kind of practical ways in which you kind of maybe even if you think about your average day. And I know mm-hmm. like our days in COVID nineteen shelter at place are a little bit different than mm-hmm. than our days prior to that. But you know, if you think about a day, what are some of the things, some of the habits um, that you do to kind of counteract some of these or one of these particular lies? Yeah, yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I need to center myself on Christ every single day and recognize that I'm not my calendar. Right. I'm not uh, the presence, <laughs> you know, having the speaking engagement or not, or the number of books that it sold or not. I'm not any of these metrics. And as a Enneagram three, it's so easy right. to fall into that trap. Mm-hmm. And the only way, right. It's positive self-talk is not the answer. Right. That's not right. Gonna, right. Yeah. <laughs> you can't right. like find it deep within yourself. No, yeah. no, no. It, it doesn't work because it's a bandage. 
So it's me first and foremost, centering myself on Jesus, waking up, breathing, breathing in the word of God, spending time in prayer, journaling, meditating, and making sure that that is first and foremost there. And then exercising, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's a huge part because uh, for me, I it's very easy for me to overwork. And for mm-hmm. me, knowing that I, can, that I can find my identity in my work so mm-hmm. much, and I can cast everything as and my wife is an Enneagram three too. So we're like the worst because we peg (laughs) each other on. We're like, oh okay, we don't need to hang out. We could just keep on working. I mean for fun, we do a podcast together, right? (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) That's quality time together. Yeah. yeah. So in so so I need to that that's how I need to start. So that before so so even before I check Instagram, even before I check my email or anything, I do not allow myself mm-hmm. other than turning my alarm off. I do not allow myself to touch or scroll or anything on my phone mm-hmm. until I first spent time with Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, because otherwise I know how easily I can get sucked into that. Right. And you know, you read the wrong thing first thing in the morning mm-hmm. or last thing at night. And it right. just, it, it places you, it, it, your compass, you know, your true North is positioned elsewhere rather than on Christ. And yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Do you have a kind of an evening routine as well that kind of helps recenter yourself back on, you know, your status as God's beloved child rather than what you do or yeah, how the day went? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so that's, that for me is um, more of a work in progress than it is in the morning. Morning, (laughs) I'm good. Right. I feel like that too. Yeah. (laughs) In the evening, it's like, I'm looking at stock prices. I'm looking at news. I'm playing, you know, I'm hanging out with Christine. So there's a lot of the sense where I want to, I'm trying to unplug from work. Yep. Knowing that the what I do is a is a core thing, mm-hmm. so I try to do that mm-hmm. uh, and actually try to stay away from any, uh, any sort of harsher type of news and try right. to be a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. Uh, and then Christina and I, with our kids, we're always praying in the evening, and, and mm-hmm. we'll pray together too before we go to bed. Mm-hmm. But my morning routine is definitely a right. lot more right <laughs> Not that rigid and yeah. <laughs> i hear you that's yeah. okay we're, we can't have it all figured out right no now. no <laughs> yeah. but i think it's important especially now during like covid19 I, I was listening to someone talk about we've lost a lot of this white space you know these transitional mm. moments um and so how can we even create those now when we're all kind of stuck in the same house um yeah. i think it's helpful too to even think about how those transitional moments like you're talking about are like those times that we can get sucked into those lies you know if you get mm-hmm. on the phone and you're asking instagram who you are instead yeah. of asking jesus who yeah you how are. many likes did i get right. and how many views and yeah right it's horrible <laughs> yes well i think it's still uh, you know i know that it's hard to release a book, right? During COVID-19, it's always hard to release a book but um because mm. there's just so much noise everywhere yeah. but i think these um, lies, I think we are being naturally stripped. Um, mm. They are being naturally stripped from us. So I'm ho- I'm hopeful that the book is really a helpful kind of rebuilding for folks too during this time. Right. I mean, yeah. even the even as parents, uh, the lie that you are who you raise. It's just. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And if you believe that, then then you you're probably feeling really bad about yourself. <laughs> I know we're trying to, yeah, we have four kids. So yeah, doing distance learning with four children and then I get updates on their grades and it's like, what did you forget to turn in or, you know, oh my gosh. And then realize it's okay. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They are not 
Yeah, their grades does not, not have anything to do with me. <laughs> yes, yes. And that's not that's not who I am, right? right? That's not who I am. And that's not my, it's a part of me. And, and that's the interesting thing with all these lies. Mm-hmm. It's not that we can separate ourselves right. from all of them. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not believing the glitz and glamour around it. Mm-hmm. Right? So even with the one about you are what you experience, it's like, yeah, well, you can't travel anymore. Right. You can't Insta brag anymore about this, that, or the <laughs> yeah. other. Right. Because all your photos of you traveling are old ones. Right. right. And it's like TBT, like throwback Thursday. Right. It's like there's nothing else you can do. And and it's being it's it's being stripped away. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting how um, you know, I, I really do hope that people and and pray. And actually, it's interesting, actually, every single who I was imagining when I wrote this, you know, mm-hmm. every single chapter, first seventy percent is no Bible. Because yeah. I was praying for and thinking about my neighbors and those yeah. who are de-churched and unchurched. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I know we all believe in these lies. Yeah. And to, to share that and to hook them in in that and then say on the other side, hey, but yeah. actually there is truth on the right. other side mm-hmm. with the gospel and with the scriptures. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's kind of my prayer for this. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, thank you for sharing your heart behind it. It's been really great. And but as we end, I always love to ask everybody about their laundry routine. And the okay. reason I <laughs> everyone's like, yeah. uh, the reason why yeah, I do it is because I think, you know, it's easy, right, for us to talk about ideas and we talk about the gospel and all these lies we believe, but like we all have to do the laundry. And so it's a great intersection, you know, of connecting the dots between the things that really matter and our actual lives, which involve a lot of chores and a lot more laundry and dishes now that we're under quarantine probably. So <laughs> I'd love to just hear your laundry routine. What does it look like? Yeah. So um, I am, I'm very blessed that Christina, my wife, takes care of the laundry. Uh, she does it all the way to the point of of um, of putting my laundry away and or ironing. So I, I'm doing all my own ironing. We're too cheap to get it pressed, <laughs> 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 and uh, and I'll put mine away. Our kids, they all have to do their own. Nice. They'll have to. They all have to do their own. So Christina and I've divvied up the chores in that way where. Yep. Uh, we have our, kind of our clear lines. It's, it's really funny. When we first got married, our premarital counseling, yeah. there's this sheet of chores. And we were like, oh, and, and our counselors were like, okay, divvy up who's going to do what? And we're like, yeah. oh, we're going to do everything together <laughs> because we love each other. Right. Yeah, right? Yeah, but exactly. literally, yeah. and, and they're like, um, it's very <laughs> <No>. inefficient. <laughs> and it's not, well, you're going to throw out the trash holding hands? <laughs> oh, so. Love it. So no, so we've yes. divvied that up uh, right. where we kind of have clear lines of what she does and what I right. do yeah. and it will help each other otherwise. So I'm blessed that she does that. She does um, the laundry bit of yes. it. Yes, but there's a lot of other chores that I, I help out with. Well done, well, so. well done. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for being with me, Daniel. It's been such a pleasure. We'll make sure we have links to your book and all the places to find you in the show notes. But thanks for being here. Awesome. Thanks, Ashley. Yeah. Hey friends, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Daniel M. I hope you all have a listen to his podcast as well as pick up a copy of his book, You Are What You Do. It is located on a link over in the show notes. So go ahead and swipe over, have a listen, pick up a book. It will be a great read, I promise. Also, I just wanted to reiterate, I know um, there's been a lot of turmoil, especially if you are listening from the United States of America. 
and um, things are hard. We're having hard conversations with our families, with our friends. Um, people are protesting. People don't know if they should wear masks or not. And there's a lot of loss. And I'm hopeful that here at the Finding Holy Podcast, we can model good conversations that will help you connect the dots between things that really matter, dignity, worth, the image of God in all people, regardless of their skin, and your actual life. So stay tuned for conversations. We're going to be talking about loss and suffering and anxiety. We're going to be talking about issues of race and justice. We're going to be talking about so many things. So I hope you'll stay and listen. We are going to be back to our weekly schedule. And I can't wait to dig in with you and to introduce you to some of my new friends. But I wanted to leave you with one small step as we go into our week. Daniel reminded us that often when we have all of these lies, something like you are what you do, and they come up, it's really easy to just give us some positive self-talk. And that, he says, is just a band-aid. And so I want to encourage you to kind of dig deeper this week on one of those seven lies. And maybe it is you are what you do. Maybe you've lost your job and so you are confronted with loss. And so I'm going to invite you into two small steps. The first is to bring your big and small losses to Jesus. And the second is that you do that with hope, that you lament with hope. And the way that we can do that, right, is by actually reading God's word, reminding ourselves, even if you maybe read through the Psalms this week, one a morning, as something to do that you will see in the Psalms how the orientation moves back towards God. Even in our pain and distress, we move back towards God. And do read a psalm in the morning. Do that before you start scrolling and before you start reading the news. So I hope that encourages you, friends. Stay tuned for a lot of great episodes here on the Finding Holy podcast. And remember, big things matter, but so does the laundry. This episode was brought to you in part by United We Pray. United We Pray is a podcast devoted to praying and thinking about racial strife, especially between Christians. Come join us in praying for the unity of God's people.